video. Hi, welcome to the Early Value NFL Betting Podcast. And we're on to the last game of the season, but it's the big one, the Super Bowl. LA Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Joining me, my guest, who I seem to get more questions about his hair than I do his bets when I uh, when I have him on the show. <laughs> but I welcome back Whale Capper himself, Drew Dinzik. How are we, Drew? We're doing well, man. Uh, living the dream here in Los Angeles for the media experience. And so far, it's been great. I've gotten to meet a lot of folks in the betting community who I've wanted to meet in person for a long time. Got to spend uh, last night hanging out with uh, PFF Eric. I don't know if you know the pro football focus yes. guys, but Eric is a great, great uh, football mind. Got to uh, spend some time with him yesterday having some drinks, which was awesome. Uh, Going to meet some more fun people here over the next handful of days. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is you know, what, uh, what I'd always hoped to be part of one day. Yeah. I, I see you obviously you're on radio row and exactly, as you said, living the dream, it, it, it looks a great setup and uh, it must be amazing. It must be amazing. And the week ahead with what you've got planned, obviously amazing. Yeah, I can't, I absolutely can't wait. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm the nervous energy for me, uh, as a Rams, uh, you know, as a Rams backer here, um, you know, I very much want them to get this uh, Super Bowl championship, get my Calcutta winnings. That'll be fun. Um, but, uh, you know, there's it's uh, it's going to it feels like an eternity waiting for this game. <laughs> you know, it, it, it really does. It's a long two weeks. Uh, Sunday was a long night last the last Sunday with uh, only the Pro Bowl on and no games. It yeah, it's it's always a horrible true. week, the first week yeah. when, uh, when the season's all finished. But but as, as I say, we're, we're here. We've got through the whole season. We're on to the big one. Obviously, how both teams have got here. Cincinnati, obviously, if anyone had asked me at the start of the season, I would have laughed at them if they had thought Cincinnati was getting here. The Rams, fair enough. Yeah, you could easily have made a case for the Rams uh, getting to this game, going all in on Matthew Stafford. How do you see it? What, what What's your thoughts? Obviously, you're heavy on to the Rams, as you say, so... Well, I would have laughed at you if you'd said the Bengals were going to be here as recently as last no, two Sundays ago at halftime of that game. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like this was extremely improbable that the Bengals have made this run. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are kind of pointing to this run for Burrow and comparing it to what Tom Brady did in 2001 when he was his second year in the league and he won, all, you know, three straight, uh, you know, the last guy to win three consecutive um playoff games to start his career and now bro is doing it it's it's uh it's scary to go up against that you know a guy with uh with as much talent as he has who's playing with as much confidence as he is playing right now and um you know as again i'm holding on to my position for the rams without at this point i haven't taken any uh op, you know uh i haven't taken any hedging opportunities at all uh, to try to find any kind of a middle ground here yet um and most of the reason is i, I just i have a tough time seeing betting value on the side of the Bengals at plus four, considering the fact that this is a game that I think has a long tail to the Rams winning by margin. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's a very real chance that this is a close contest, that it comes down to, you know, a team with the ball last and who can execute in, um, you know, in tight windows and who can avoid the key mistake. Um, but there's also a very real possibility that the Rams are dominant offensively and that the defensive line mismatch against the offensive line for the Bengals is just too much for Burrow to overcome. And, you know, he's, there's a, 
just because of the asymmetry there and the fact that there is a lot of game states where the Rams win this by, you know, by a relatively large margin, uh, I don't think I can realistically get involved here and say that there's any uh, plus EV to be had betting the Bengals. So, um, you know, I, I look at it somewhat lopsided uh, in terms of possible outcomes. I'm curious if you have any thoughts. If you, I know you're a Chiefs guy, these Bengals, like impossible comeback against that team. Uh, is there something about them that, uh, that I'm missing and uh, I should be a little bit more cautious here? No, for me, I think you're right. I think it, with the defensive line side of the Rams and that, I think this is where I see the game being won so much more with Donald, with Von Miller. And I just, I'm struggling to want to bet Cincinnati. Yes, it's been a great story. And yes, they shouldn't have beat the Chiefs, but they did and fair play to them. They've done a great job in that second half. We spoke just before we come on. I don't know if it was more the Chiefs got spooked and tried to force too much more than the Bengals um, maybe being this force in the game. Um, three road games on the trot for them. I, I, I think it's a great story, but I, I would lean more how you're saying. I think there's more ways I see this being a blowout than I do Cincinnati keeping it close. I think it's just... I think that front line of the Rams is a lot more dominant than, well, than probably every team in the NFL. Um, and yeah, Burrow's been taking some sacks against Tennessee. Was it nine, 10, 11 sacks or, or that? And yeah, it was nine. It felt like it felt like 90. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's still hung in there. But I think when you put probably put Jaleen Ramsey onto Chase, I think you got a little bit of a few different matches in there that could cause the Cincinnati offense more problems than what they've faced so far in this playoffs. And I think the Rams will score. I, I'm, I'm struggling to see where they where they don't score, to be honest. So, yeah, for me, I, I like the Rams minus four. Um, been burnt a couple of times betting favourites in these Super Bowls now and again. But I just, I, I think on home field as well, not that you can say it's worth a massive amount. I just, everything points to the Rams for me. I, uh, I'm there too. Um, I think a lot of the Bengals defense is a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Um, I think realistically the Bengals, um, they do have a scheme that fits a little bit better in terms of stopping Stafford than some of the other teams the Rams has faced to get to this point. Uh, both the Cardinals and the Buccaneers, Buccaneers especially, run really, really aggressive defensive style. Right, They come after the quarterback with uh, lots of pressure. Um, they leave their cornerbacks and, and safeties on an island and ask them to do a lot of one-on-one. Um, and what we have seen from Stafford and his wide receivers this year has been absolutely dynamite against that type of a look. Um, when Stafford has to do it the hard way, you know, the, the, you know he, he, when he has to, when, when um, you know, he's gone up against these teams that drop lots of players in coverage and, you know, they're playing dime or they're in the case of the Bengals dropping eight, Um, you know, I could see that being somewhat of a problem for Stafford. And if he in any way, shape or form is loose with the football and, you know, is, is, you know, giving, you know, backbreaking turnovers instead of, um, you know, the level of play we've seen from him in the last three weeks, then, um, then it's going to be a sweat, but ultimately I'm still not worried about a, you know, like a lopsided win, I'm just, uh, you know, at that point, kind of sweating them winning at all, as opposed to uh, uh, with the other, with the, with the other kind of game state, other narrative, um, everything working out well for the uh, 
uh, for the Rams, then I could see this game getting away. Yeah, I think weirdly the only the only thing obviously is I think Burrow will probably be the cooler quarterback out of the two of them. I think as long as the Rams, what you just said, then don't get themselves in a hole, then I think they'll be fine. I think if they do, then we might see yeah a bit more of a worrisome Stafford than what I would see in in Burrow. I think Burrow can handle it a little bit better. Stafford does worry me when when the things when things go against them and, and then it's maybe him carrying it. That's when I would get worried. But hopefully we won't get to that point and we won't need to. <laughs> so total wise, anything interest you in that? Yeah, I I personally think the total has been a, a bit high. Um, my fare would have been about 47 and a half. Uh, so seeing it start out in the 50 ballpark, I thought was a fair play to the under. At yeah. this point, now that it's moved down to about 48 and a half, it's pretty small margin. Um, but I would still say that, uh, again, kind of in the same sense of like, okay, both of these coaches have a tendency to be a little bit too reliant on the running attack. Both of these coaches, you know, in general, don't run an especially aggressive game plan when it comes to going board on fourth down. I have some questions about the Rams kicker and his health and his ability to, um, you know, put extra points on the board here. So there are a bunch of small uh, small angles that I think all kind of point in the same direction for the under, um, but uh, not quite enough to be, you know, to get serious about betting it. No, I think two two bets I've placed in it sort of a little bit correlate with with each other is that I have the um, the Rams at the first quarter under nine and a half points, and then the second half being a higher scoring half than the first half basically. Um, I both teams completely agree with you on both though. Yeah, both both teams are, have got really bad records first quarter as well, haven't they, Drew? And right in saying that, I think they both are not good first quarter teams. Yeah, no, and uh, in general, um, Super Bowls have a slow start. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that there's a specific, you know, um, reason you can point to that's based in data and not narrative, but. They, they do. They start slow. Teams are a little tight. Teams are a little cold. The, the stage is big. The, you know, the, the, the defense is playing with their hair on fire. Like all of those things are true. And uh, so a first quarter under nine and a half is a really fun one to have in pocket because, you know, we've seen some Super Bowls that absolutely exploded with points and they were still zero zero after the first quarter. Yeah. Um, so it's it's going to be allowed environment there's going to be disruption to the offensive line and pass protection probably particularly when the uh, the Bengals have the ball so um yeah I'm, I'm there with you that uh, this is a, a lower scoring first quarter a lower scoring first half higher scoring second half yeah definitely good uh, so obviously with us obviously only having the one game slate and it being the Super Bowl how many more how much does your props go up now for this game do you still yeah. only look at a few bets or do you get a lot more involved in, in bets? I still only look at a few bets and there's okay. a couple of reasons why. Um, I tend to feel like if you're not handicapping props every single Sunday yeah, and if you don't have like the infrastructure in place to really do well in the prop game, then deciding you're going to do it for the Super Bowl is a little bit foolish. <laughs> like yeah. you're, yeah. you know, you're, you're going up against people who are sharpening these markets week in, week out. And, you know, you're just trying to kind of come up with, uh, you know, something that's, um, you know, that, that, that 
mean something for some game and you know, it may not actually have an edge. Um, I will also say that for whatever it's worth this year, it feels like the props were sharper sooner than they were in years past. Like some of the fundamental uh, inefficiencies in the market, like you could have basically, you know, if you had like a boomer bust type of wide receiver or running back, you could basically blind bet there under. Uh, knowing that it was, you know, that the total was skewed because it was an average and not a median, you know, that type of stuff I think is, is been, is gone. It's like the market is onto all of that. Um, and so I don't think there's like easy pickings really in the prop market anymore. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the only, but that said, like, I think there are some props that are like a little resilient to the game state. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we talked about the, the Chiefs Super Bowl last year. And, you know, my big angle on that one was Pat Mahomes pass attempts over because the Chiefs, by the time they got to the latest stages of the playoffs, they had completely abandoned the run. Um, it didn't matter if they were winning the game or losing the game. They were counting on Mahomes throwing, you know, throwing a lot uh, to put away leads as well as like, if they were losing, they were obviously going to have a lot of pass attempts. Um, and so there are some, there are some things like that, that I think are a little bit resilient to the game state um, that are, are, you can prey on. Um, but even that, you know, it's, it's not like there's wild price inefficiencies and all this stuff. Yeah, no, that's it. And I think you're right. See, cause I do so many props throughout the whole season, but I don't know. I find it easier, obviously, come the Super Bowl to look at a lot more of these bets because I'm used to seeing a lot more of these lines week in, week out and, and looking at them. So I still get quite heavily involved come come the Super Bowl. Um, maybe not as much as what I once did. I think I've learned over a couple of years, there's some bets there that um, probably fell into a trap of doing because it's the Super Bowl. Um, also, the last couple of years with Kansas City being in, it sort of a little bit helps me out this season because it gives me a bit more of an unbiased opinion. When it's your team in there, you can sometimes fall into a, a few more bets than what you usually would because it's your team and you think that they're better than everyone else and you think certain markets are, are not there. So in some ways, I'm probably happy on the betting side of it that I can be more con conscious in my picks and, and not be sort of focused on Chiefs players and be heavily involved in looking at chief sides and not wanting to go the other side of the game or that. So yep. Yep. anything, anything that stood out to you on the prop side, anything that you've better the minute or you still. Uh, so again, kind of um, resilient stuff that's resilient to game state. In my opinion, that is um, Joe Mixon, uh, you know, rushing, receiving over. Um, I expect Mixon to get a pretty heavy usage in this game. Um, we saw what happened when the defensive line was in the backfield constantly when the Bengals took on the Titans and Mixon's uh, target rate has gone through the roof as they've, uh, you know, as the Bengals have had tougher competition and as uh, Burrow has been under more duress. And so I think uh, the likelihood that you have, um, you know, uh, an uptick in, targets relative to his average is high so Mixon getting to say four or five receptions I think is likely uh his you know and the Rams you know second level tackling is not great like their linebackers their safeties not like especially amazing tackling um and so I think uh Mixon could potentially bust a, a relatively large uh catch and run 
uh, screen game may be important in terms of keeping some of the pressure off of Burrow. Um, and then, you know, going back to the same theme about regardless of game state, like if the Bengals are doing great, uh, if they, you know, if they're catch, let's say they, they get a couple interceptions, some short fields, they, they're scoring touchdowns, not field goals. Um, Mixon's going to get an enormous dose of, uh, of rushing attempts in the second half of this contest. Um, you know, so I think whether they're playing from ahead or behind or, you know, whether this is a, a competitive game or a blowout, I think you're still talking about uh, a pretty significant usage for Joe Mixon. So uh, I like his rushing plus receiving over. I like his receiving over independently. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, his receptions over is, is a fun one as well. Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting one with the with the half time uh, prop betting because, as you say, if one of these teams are ahead, they they're both going to want to run the ball. These will both of these will happily run, run, run. If the Rams are well up, look at anything to do with Acres, even Sony Michelle um, in there. But they'll be in play props on all of these, as you say, with mixing. If the Bengals are up and and they're up by a decent few, they'll just want to run as well. So um, that's definitely one angle to look at, at half time in that game. Uh, one bet that I, I like as well is the Rams to call the first time out. Now, it's a little bit of a different market, but seeing a lot of reports over this last week, how McVay is the co the most most wasted timeouts in the league. I, he took one in the first in the first quarter against San Francisco. So I think there's enough there. There's enough info on that to make that worth a bet at that at it being five to six, five to six either side. Um, you may be able to get 10 to 11 some places, but I felt straight away that was that was one that it's not a, a usual one that you can look into much, but there's enough info in there that I believe Rams to call the first time out is worth a worth a look at. Any thoughts on I, Yeah. No, I think that's a that's a great one. Um, I completely agree with you. The you know the and honestly like as a Rams supporter uh, I'm nervous about McVay making some terrible in-game decisions in this one. Um, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, Zach Taylor's not calling the cleanest game either. So it's mm -hmm. not like there's a huge advantage to Taylor, but uh, McVay scares me a little bit with some of his decision-making. In the NFC Championship game, um, he absolutely made some, some, like, just outrageous decisions in that one. And uh, if that comes back, uh, I could see it biting him, and that would be... That would be unfortunate, but uh, we'll, you know, I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to hold my breath. Uh, one other uh, fun prop that I like, and I'll get your take on this is I played uh, uh, Bengals to make the longest field goal. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm basically counting on the fact that uh, the Rams kicker picked up an injury uh, in the yeah. divisional round. Unlikely that he's going to be even asked to try to make, uh, you know, a 40, a high 40, low 50 yard field goal in this one so and then on the flip side evan mcpherson is just an absolute dynamo he's a robot uh he is converting from you know massive uh distance with no doubt about him um and when you're kicking with that kind of confidence your coach is going to give you opportunities uh so i think realistically um, mcpherson to make the longest field goal is a fair play yeah uh, I, caught, I caught that one at almost even odds which was absolutely wild to me yeah. that they was offered yeah, no, uh, yeah, fully agree. As you say, again, they'll kick from anywhere. They're not a big team that like to go for a lot on fourth down either. They'll happily take one if they get stopped on the 35. They'll, they'll happily take a 50-yarder, 52, 53. 
they'll take that, especially indoors as well. And as you say, McPherson's been a bit of their uh, their story as well with how good he's been in the playoffs for them. So, yeah, um, I think that, I think it could be it could be a game where we might see a few field goals in it. Uh, the way both teams are, they they both don't seem to like to go for a lot of fourth downs. So it wouldn't surprise me. Um, how much, Drew, do you think with McVeigh's last appearance in the Super Bowl, and obviously it went pretty disastrous, but how much of um, how much of an advantage do you think that will be going into this game from what maybe he learned in that Super Bowl and how how he maybe did cope with the whole of it to going into this? I think there's something there, but I'm not 100% sure how you quantify it. Um, and also... McVay is he's just the more experienced coach in general uh you know he's mm-hmm. he's had now four playoff runs uh this is his second Super Bowl um you know Taylor was obviously on his staff so it's not like Taylor's doing anything that McVay is not super familiar with you know um and vice versa obviously um but the um the general uh kind of kind of the the, the in-game decision making in the NFC championship game was enough of a red flag that uh, I don't know how much you can really lean on that. Um, I think bigger deal is probably the, um, you know, the fact that the Rams are home. Um, They're the away team technically in terms of jerseys and locker rooms and all that, but this isn't, you know, LA has really embraced them. Uh, It has been a, you know, Rams town now for the entirety of the playoffs. People are really, really into it. And uh, I think that place is going to be rocking pro Rams. Yeah, definitely. And uh, anything, obviously, before we finish it up and that, any any of your, uh, the, the funnier bets out of it when it's the 4, 4 a.m. in the UK and, and we're all, uh, <laughs> we've all had a few too many drinks, wardrobe malfunctions at halftime, uh, <laughs> Gatorades, anything that, um, do you ever even remotely look at them or just enjoy the halftime show, watch it and let things be? Or do you like to just throw a silly few few dollars on a on a random bet now and again? Uh, there's going to be for sure some information, but uh, I don't yeah. have it yet. As soon as I know uh, what some of the advantage plays are, yes, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll be sure to uh, to tip them um, without uh, you know risking that our bets get canceled. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, for the last three Super Bowls, the most plus EV bets that I made were anthem over under. Um, halftime first song, Gatorade color, uh, et cetera. So uh, as soon as I get some good info on all that stuff, I will be uh, uh, firing away. DMs away. Yeah, DMs will all be <laughs> Yeah, just a bit of a, have Andy outside the stadium with a stopwatch um, for uh, Saturday night. <laughs> exactly. Night that's exactly. And, uh, that's exactly the plan. And yeah. uh, don't post it on Twitter. Yeah, just uh, send it privately after you've got yourself on. Definitely. Yeah. That's exactly no, I think right. that's it. I think no, and it is it, that is probably the the most bets. Come come Friday, Saturday, you'll suddenly start seeing a surge in some of these bets. Uh, first song yeah. bets, all of that. You'll suddenly start seeing that movement go. And um, before that, I don't think even this year. I don't think there's anything I could really say um drew what so what's the off season look for like for you then drew what what happens now after after the season finishes do you look back and reflect over the season gone or do you start fully into next season and look at the coaching changes and obviously we're going to have a quarterback carousel going on um is that what your plan to do is and then go from there 
Yeah, 100%. We're going to have um, one of the more challenging and um, uh, exciting off seasons in the NFL that I can remember. Uh, it has been um, it has been a, uh, a crazy co coaching carousel at this point. Not sure. I mean, we're not even close to done. Like we still have yeah. a lot more to go. Uh, and on top of that, the um, uh, the coach, you know, the, with new coaches, a lot of teams are going to want to uh, upgrade or at least kind of kick the tires on new quarterback situations. And that's going to totally change the landscape. Um, as you kind of look across the NFL right now, it's pretty obvious that like all the good young quarterbacks are all consolidated in the AFC. Yeah. Uh, and the AFC looks extremely challenging, whereas the NFC looks wide freaking open. So I think a lot of my offseason exercise is going to be trying to just figure out which of these teams in the NFC is ready to make the leap uh, and try to catch a good price on them. Good. Love that. Um, Drew, I'll let you get off because I know you're on the sports row and you've got a lot to do. I really appreciate you coming on third year on the chart about you for the Super Bowl. Oh, so yeah. uh, really appreciate it. Your time's invaluable. So good luck. I hope the Rams pull it out for you and for me and for all of us betting it. So go Rams and yeah, good luck with it. Enjoy your week. Be amazing. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Best of luck. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Everyone out. I'll be back Friday night, hopefully with a few more props podcasts and uh, we'll talk some more bets then. Other than that, good luck, everyone. Speak soon.